Everybody get something out of this so far? I want some things to kind of just stick in your brain. It's one thing to kind of talk about it, and then it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. I just hope, and I'm glad, like, the videos were vivid and that some of the points were vivid with you guys. Um, One of the things that I was trying to emphasize strongly, I hadn't said it this way before, was how it it is necessary to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but that alone is incomplete, that God wants us to have a shared experience with others in community, in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? 1 Corinthians 12 talks about kind of the body, one body, many parts. And I'm going to be highlighting from verse 12 to 22 and then verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 22, and verse 27. And this, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul to some Christians, of course, in Corinth. And he's trying to tell them about kind of this big picture reality. And he's teaching them, in essence, that autonomy is not the goal autonomy, that living for oneself, it's not enough, no, that, that there's no real fulfillment in, in that particular pursuit. And he goes on to give us kind of this, this word picture that is extremely creative, and I actually think he was communicated to intentionally be funny, actually, this particular text. And I, actually, the Bible has tons of humorous examples in it, which I'm tempted to go to, but I won't necessarily today. We can do a whole, that would be a whole night. It would be funny to tell funny stories from the Bible. But I think we read this text in Corinthians, and I think when they were hearing it, you know, they were just kind of laughing about it. Because, But while he was funny, he was intending to make a very significant point. I'll start reading in verse 27. And this is what it says, and this is kind of the conclusion of this particular word picture, and then we'll go back to the beginning in case everybody leaves early. Just kidding. And it says this in verse 27, it says, now you, everybody say you, are the body of Christ. And I just want to pause right there. That word you, okay, when Paul's talking to the people, they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, you and he's not talking about you, the individual. He's talking about you editorially, you, the people. Is everybody, make, everybody catching up with what I'm saying? You, the group, all right? Um, you, it says, now each one of you, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, separate. So now the second you is talking about you, the individual. First you is all of us. Everybody still up for the snack here? Second you is you the individual. And each one of you separate is, is your separate, your necessary part of it. You are all, you're all part of the body of Christ and each one of you is a necessary, essential part of it. And he explains the relationship between the individual lone Christian and all the other Christians. So collectively, we are the body of Christ. Everybody say, I'm the bo- we are the body of Christ. And so you don't have to be around us long to know that we, we put together, collectively, we are the closest, really, anyone's ever going to get to Christ is through us. That's why it's so important that people have the experience that Telio's friend that came to church had because you are, and, and you've heard me say this, and I just think, I hope it translates, you're Jesus with skin on to people. You're, you're the body, so when people see you, we are supposed to actually be the physical, we're supposed to be, we are the physical representation of Christ on the earth until Christ returns. You're supposed to carry the actual personality of Jesus. In fact, I could do a whole thing on personality of Jesus. What is, we should have the same personality that Jesus did. He was relevant. He was relational. He was amazing. 
You know, he was accepting. There were all these wonderful characteristics about him. How, how, why do I know that Jesus and the church should be the same? Because the Bible talks about this. If you, if you read the story of uh, Saul, who later became who? Paul, on the road to Damascus experience, he was one that wasn't born again like all of us. He was one abnormally born, this is what he refers to. It was a little different. In other words, God spoke from heaven and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Well, Jesus wasn't there, but who was there? His church. So, so, so God is saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because his bride and him were one. It's like, if you were hurting my wife, you're hurting me. Does it make sense what I'm saying right here? So Jesus saw the church and him as one. So, so, the, so we should be like Jesus. Jesus and us are one. We should have the same personality and characteristics of Jesus. And, and, and anyway, collectively, it's important for us to know that we're the closest sometimes anyone will ever get to the physical, you know, personality, style, feel, you know, skin kind of feel with, with Christ until he ultimately returns. That's, what, that's why I was talking about common union, like that participation and that fellowship, that shared experience is powerful for people. It's how they get to see what, it, what it's like to be in relationship with God. Anyway, when the religious came to Jesus um, in one particular text, I think it's, yeah, in fact, you can look there if you want. Turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark 2. Look at this particular text with me. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and, uh, about fasting. All right, I don't know if you guys remember this particular story. Um, mm, 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 mm. Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 18. And it says this, it says, uh, now John's disciples and the Pharisees are fasting and some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting but you are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and on that day, then they'll fast. We fast and pray together. We have common or communion together, and we have communion together. That's kind of how we connect to God is really what's going on here. And he summarized that I'm, in other words, he's saying, I'm here now. So because I'm here now, that's not the emphasis. When I'm not here, then that will be necessary for you to do that, to have communion, to, be, to have common union with other. is much more important in my absence. When I'm here... It's me. When I'm not here, it's with the body. You guys are looking at me like, maybe you get it. I'm, I'm making sure you just, yeah, you, you understand kind of what I'm saying here? So you learn of me, you see me, you feel me by hanging out with my bride. You can learn a lot about me by hanging out with Stacy. You can learn a lot about Stacy by hanging out with me because we're one. Because, you know, because we're, we've been married a long time, because we know each other. And so Paul's saying the closest you can get to Jesus is by being with a group of Jesus' followers, his church, his bride. Listen, have you ever wanted to think about this, and, and you can nod your head, you can answer out loud if you want to. Have you ever wanted to get closer to God? Have you ever thought, you know what I mean, I feel distant from God, I feel kind of disconnected from God. This is something you need to know for yourself and something you need to know to help other people. A lot of other people, they just, they feel disconnected from God. It's directly connected to the principle that I'm talking to because it's, it's about the we. 
That's how you, that's how you find and, and, and feel that connection. If there's anyone you know that wants to get closer to Jesus, this idea has huge implications because our autonomous society um, think that it's just better, easier, okay to fly solo. We say things like, I accepted the Lord into my heart as, as an individual. <laughs> I said the prayer. I pray daily. I'm a Christian. I got, I got my own Bible. I, I go to different meetings by myself. I give when I feel led. I feel led. I live my Christian life, just me and God, and I'm doing just fine. And I want to say, really? Really? I don't think so. That's not been my experience. And in, 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 in some people in nobility and just strong constitutions can go for quite a while like that. But ultimately, I've seen one after the other picked off like that lion picked off that little water buffalo. I've seen it happen too many times. It's, it's unbelievable. And you, know, you and I need to understand that we're, we're called, we're invited, we're to be connected to Christ through faith in Jesus, yes, as an individual, but not called to stay that way. And so there are tons of scriptures in the New Testament. We talk about this in C101 if you ever want a refresher. But there are as many as 30 New Testament texts in, uh, in, in the scriptures that you can't fulfill unless you're connected with other people. You can't. You can't even do it unless you're connected. Whether you knew it or not, you became a Christ follower. And in that moment, you connected to all the other Christians. And in verse 13 talks about this. And you have the same bloodline, same DNA. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my brother, you're my sister. Don't turn to a brother and say you're a sister because that would be offensive. But turn... You're my brother, you're my sister. You know what I mean? So what if we really, like, got that? You know, imagine how powerful we'd be. Was Jesus powerful? Yes or no? Yes. Was Jesus dynamic? Yes or no? Was he influential? Yes. Is the, don't answer this one. Is the church these things the way it's supposed to be? For the most part, not really. It's getting, you know, in some places, in some churches, in some maybe denominations, yes. But I think it's in direct proportionate to this principle of being connected as a body, the we factor, not just the me factor. If we believed and embraced this principle, we'd be like Jesus, and we understand that, that plurality, that, that, I want to say plural, that you means all of us, not you, just the individual. And I think for centuries, people have come together around other causes. You know, there's a hurricane, there's some kind of, uh, you know, cat catastrophe of some sort, or, you know, and, and we get behind those things, and amazing things happen. But what if it has a, what if it has a holy ambition next to the, a selfless cause? What, what happens when that happens? I'll tell you what, lives are changed not just in the temporal, but eternally. That's what happens, and it's totally different. And we don't want just a social justice. We want an eternal justice that we're a part of, and that's what the church brings to people. If you've ever been a part of something like this, you undoubtedly have a fond memory. A lot of these young people are going on a mission missions trip, maybe for the first time, but this is what happens on a, on a mission trip. People's lives are changed. This is the kind of things that people say on the front end of an opportunity to go on a mission trip. And I'm not I sort of am. I'm kind of, I was just going to say, I'm not trying to force anybody to go on a mission trip, but part of me is because I know it will change your life. But this is what people say. You know, I don't want to go that far away. It's, it's the same thing people say about baptism. I don't want to get my hair wet. I'm like, what? Jesus got on a cross for you, you know? But people say, you know, I don't want to go that far away, you know, or I don't want to spend, or I can't raise that much money. It is never in my entire Christian experience my dad would stand up and say yes to this. It's never been about money. That is not the number one obstacle. It's never the obstacle, but the enemy always tries to make it the obstacle. Every single time. It's not. People say stuff like that. Uh, I, people say things like, I don't want to get sick. I'm afraid to get sick. I, I, I don't know what I can offer there. This is a big one. I don't, really have any, I don't really have anything to offer. Does anybody know what I'm talking about out there? These are the kind of things people say. I don't know the language. 
I don't either, and I've been a bunch of times. I just pray in tongues. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 whatever, I, I just can't go. Then people who go, people who push past all this, this is what they start talking about. They start talking about we instead of I. They start saying, we did this, and we did that, and we saw God work in powerful ways, and we saw God provide for us financially. It was incredible. We never had so much fun. We never felt so close to people. We never grew so much as we did, as we did when we were there. We learned something special about ourselves in the context of a team. My son and my kids, the first time they came back, we, we were so excited to see them. We missed them so much. I can remember Devin being in the back seat and Devin and goes, and he's right behind my head. He says, Dad, I'll be honest with you. I don't really want to be here right now. We're like, thanks. You know what I mean? Like, we, you've been gone all this time. He's like, I really don't even want to be here right now. That's what happens when you push through that. And, and these same people can't wait to go again. And so they go again and again and again. Why? Because they did something together that had a divine purpose or intentionality to it. And we have that opportunity literally every single day, but certainly every single weekend within our church. Amen. And you can actually be the, the presence of Christ, not just in a foreign country, but you can't do it by yourself. As we said this morning, we're two or more gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. Jesus is into the midst. He's into midst. Not missed, midst. You know? He's into that. I remember, I was going to share the story this morning, but I didn't. But I'm, I, I'll never forget... My wife will remember this. Maybe you'll remember different aspects. It'll pop for me. Never forget 2005 marriage retreat, suite 205, when we were up in a room with all of our close friends. And we, we, when we were on this marriage retreat, we had, we had like this big suite that we got. And we were up there and we started praying. And I remember like uh, the, the Melnicks were up there and Mike and Danelle. And I remember Sylvia, she was nervous. Remember she was kind of on the peripheral. And Roy was there. And, and, um, and I, if I already said the Dudleys. And, and different people. There was all these people that we loved that were in this room. And we were just praying and we were connecting and just talking. And then all of a sudden, you know, we just started praying. And the presence of God. I don't know what to say. I don't really know how to get. The presence of God just came into this room. It was, it was more than just like the omnipresent. It was the manifest presence of God came in this room. We all felt it. We're all like, you know, kind of like, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here right now. And then people started getting, you know, things from God. I can remember, I remember being blown away because John Dudley is this very conservative Christian. And he started getting a vision and sharing this vision. We're like, hold up, you know, John Dudley's getting a vision. Like, it was, a, it was, it was like, what is going on, you know? And um, uh, it was just so powerful, and, and literally hours went by. Hours went by, all being up there in Suite 205 in 2005 Marriage Retreat. God was there. He was in the midst. And right off the midst thing as an extra and not as an essential, you know, we, we, get, we, we get content with our Bible. And I'm saying, you know, things like Joyce Myers tapes and version devotions, they're all okay. But those are in the I. We need to be in the we zone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at verse 12 in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though its parts have, uh, are, are many, they form are from one body. So it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. What is this saying? It's saying, do you mean the church? He uses body and Christ literally and totally interchangeably. Verse 13, for we're all baptized by one spirit into one body. When you became a Christian, you instantly became a part of the body. You, when you became a Christ follower, you became a part of the body of Christ. You're baptized into that same body. We're all part, yes, of the, of the, the universal church, the global church. And when you became a Christian, that means you're all like, we're all part of the church of Jesus Christ as a whole. 
But there are also local expressions of the body of Christ. You're part of a local expression. You have chosen to be a part of this local expression. That, that, so there's the family of, let me make it, say it this way, and I say this a lot, and this is good for you to note so you can repeat it. There's the family of God, but then you have an immediate family. Everybody understand immediate family? Like there's me, and there's Stace, and there's Devin, and there's Mallory, and there's Madison, and there's Morgan. That's our immediate you know, biological family. Connect is your immediate family. Immediate spiritual family. You're part of the body of Christ as a whole, but this is your local expression of that body of Christ. Everybody still up for, still with me? Once in a while, just you know, like that. So it's just basically what that means is if when you have an immediate family, that's where you should invest, pour into the most. So to get the most out of it, you have to put the most into that. So, so this whole thing kind of, I go here and I go there. and Listen, we're never going to make rules and just say, you shouldn't visit other churches and you shouldn't go to those meetings. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I'm just saying, for the, but you're, you should have an immediate family for you to grow. For you to be, for you to be, to bear fruit, you have to have root. Deep, deep roots. The stronger those roots are, the more fruits that you will see in people's lives. It's just a fact, Jack. It's a fact. Turn your name and say, it's a fact, Jack. It's how it works. Psalm 1 talks about this. Verse 13b says, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Wait a second. What is, he, what is he saying? He's saying to them, Jews and Greeks, in the same body. This was a big deal back then, to have everybody kind of in the same body back then. And Paul is saying whether we're slave, free, rich, poor, cool, uncool, happen and not happen, we're all a part of this body of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying there's no divisions, there's no rank, there's no prejudice, there's no, you know, we're all in the body together. Verse 14 says, now the body is not made up of one part but of many. And then he goes on to say this funny thing. If the foot should say, and I think this is when they kind of like thought it was humorous. Wait a second, a foot's going to talk? What's going on there? I don't know many foots, feet, foots. I don't know many foots that speak. And, I, and again, it's kind of supposed to be kind of funny, but what would it say? Well, you know, I, I know I'm ugly and stinky, but you know, you, and you abuse me and you use me. Why, why, why can't I be a hand? Why can't I be a hand? If the foot should say that, what would we do with that? You know, I want to make a point, but the finger is always making the point, and I would like my big toe to make the point. You know, what if the foot was talking? Verse, never mind. 15b, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not belong to the body. It, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. Just because it says I don't want to be a part of the body doesn't mean it's not a part of the body. The foot is a part of the body. Here's what he's saying. The foot is critical part of the body, and the role it plays in the body is critical. The foot is just a part of the body because it was placed in the body. You've been placed in the body. You are critical to that body. You, you, you may want to be something else, but you're called to be what God's called you to be. And the foot shouldn't say, you know, uh, the hand is so much better. The hand is so much more important. The hand is better looking and it has those palm olive hands to it. And I wish I could have hands like that. Nobody remembers palm olive commercials? Anyway, um, but just because you're not a hand or just because you're not an eye and just because you're not a nose and all that thing doesn't mean that you're not important. We're just different. Everybody say we're just different. Some of you maybe didn't know anything about this, but sometimes we judge our value in the body by what we see as certain people's giftedness and things like that. But what we see is important, what we think is the most important, maybe by just, just by appearances or whatever, but, there's, but there's, it's not about that. 
You were, you were baptized into the body and you're in it. And the fact that you don't sometimes like your role, know your role, is irrelevant. You're part of the body. Finding out what that role is and how significant it is, is part of the journey and actually part of the process that even we have and employed here at church. Verse 16, it says, And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. So it's not, not, not liking your function, gift, role doesn't change the facts is really what he's going on to say. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? What if everybody was just an eye? It would be problems. Where would the hearing be? Where would the hearing be? What, you know, what did he say? Exactly, what did he say? You have to have an ear. What if, there, what if the, 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 everybody was an ear? Where would the vision be? We wouldn't know where we're going. We couldn't find our way. If everyone had the same role, if everybody was a foot, it'd be a stinking mess. Right? Everyone had an eye. It would create too much division and things like that. And what happens a lot of times is the church, we come together and we don't know our role. We don't understand how important we are to the body. We try to clone parts, be like somebody else, and it gets messed up. And verse 18, it says, the fact that God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Everybody say, just as he wanted. He, he, how does this work? What, what is he saying? There? I'm not sure I can perfectly explain this, but when you became a Christian, you were placed in a body somehow sovereignly. So, so this, is, this is how we look at it as a leader. People come into the church, they all have different gifts, they all have different abilities, different roles to play in the body of Christ. I think our job is not to get everybody to do the ministry we want to do, but that the ministry is a result of the gifts that God has put in place within the body. And so our job is actually to mine for what, mine, M-I-N-E, surface what those different things are and then build ministry off of that. Does that make sense? And we had this big paradigm shift. My dad and I were talking about this just recently where in, in the old days, just kind of what you did is there was a visionary and they said, come help me fulfill my vision. And I still think there's, there is vision that initially comes from, the, you know, uh, the, 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 the visionary, you know, the, the pioneer, the, 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 the five-fold ministers, okay? It's, initi- it's initiated by them. But once that, once that initial vision is cast, then vision comes from the people within the body and our job is to help them fulfill their vision. That actually becomes the vision of the church to do that. Does that make sense? So, when you, so it's, big, it's a big part of this, this journey that we're on. Otherwise, um, people, you know, don't understand. But, but God, he sovereignly kind of placed us in, within a body. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically some decisions were made by him. Where to live, what, what time of, when you were born, you know, and what gifts you have. He was strategic about it. He knew what he was doing. And we reject his sovereignty, we can miss sometimes the significance of what God wants to do through our lives. And God is arranging the body the way he decided. And if you're a Christian, you just have to understand you're important, your role is significant, and nothing, whatever gift and whatever function it is, is insignificant. It's actually indispensable according to the scriptures. God wants us to find out what it is and then work in tandem with each other. So part of this coming together part is not just Make a commitment to be in a group and share experiences. That is part of it, absolutely part of it. But another part of it is to figure out what is my part in that group of people? What is my role? What is my function? And when everybody starts finding their parts and syncing those things up, it's a powerful machine for the, for, for the kingdom that does incredible things. Is everybody tracking with me? God wants us to figure out what this is. Let me conclude with these thoughts. When you figure out when you kind of figure this out, your Christian life will come alive. Here's some things that I want you to write down. Write these down. 
This whole thing about we factor. What are some of the, what are some of the benefits of we factor? All right. What do we get? Kind of what do we get out of it? The benefits are we are. Number one, you feel God more in a body. Feel being the key word. Underline or circle that. You feel God more in a body. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, From him, the whole body, from him, the whole body, us, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, supporting ligaments are relationships, grows and builds itself up in love. And, this, and, and so that was the shared experience part. Then the last part is, as each part does its special work. So let me repeat that. Ephesians 4 16, from him, Christ, he's the head, right? Amen. From him, Christ, uh, from him, the whole body, that's talking about the church, the physical representation of Christ, joined and held together by every supporting ligament through relationships, it grows, builds itself up in this shared experience in love, taking care of each other, Acts 2, 42 through 46, as each part does its special work. We all have to figure out what our role is and get doing that. That's how the church is supposed to work. When you do that, number one, you feel God in that body. Number two, you grow more in the body. Number two is you grow, keyword grow. And number three, you can't, you can find your purpose in the body. Purpose being the keyword. So the things that everybody wants in relationship with God is found in the body. I, I just don't feel God anymore. Are you connected to the body? Or are you just like a hand that's out there by itself? Are you just like an ear that's disconnected? Are you just like an eye that's out there by itself? That's just creepy. It's just creepy. If you had somebody shake your hand and there was no body connected to it, that's just weird. If you had just one eye looking at you like a cyclops, that's just weird. Every, you find your, this hand finds its purpose because it's connected to the body. My dad did a whole teaching on this. It was kind of funny, and he used to go on this little diatribe and pull his hand off. And, you know, he didn't pull his hand off, but he was just mimic pulling his hand off, you know, this whole thing about this. So you find your purpose when you're connected to the body. This hand has no significance, no purpose, unless it's connected to the body. The hand knows how important the ear is. The hand knows how important the eye is. The eye is dependent upon the hand. The hand is dependent upon the eyes. They're inextricably linked. What if the body caught that we all have a different part of role, like it says here in Ephesians 4.16, and we actually did that part? We didn't just hear about it. We didn't just talk about it. We actually practiced and participated in that. You would feel God. You would definitely feel God. You would sense his presence. You, you would grow because you're always going to grow when you're in a group. You're always going to grow when you're in a body. You always learn more. You always experience more. And you're going to find your purpose. You're going to fulfill your purpose when you're part of a body. Amen? It's a big part of who we are. And it's, and it's a big part of our church. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is an important part of it. So as I conclude, why don't I feel close to God? If people say that to you or you're feeling that way, I would just say, are you really connected to the body? If you say things like, why am I not growing in my faith? Are you connected to the body? What is my purpose and how can I find it? Are you connected to a body? It's all in there. 1 Corinthians 12, 22 and following. Amen? There was this old little nursery rhyme and it used to say, this little piggy went to the market. This little piggy went home. This little piggy had roast beef and this little piggy had none. And this little piggy went wee, wee, wee all the way home. So when you go home today, I want you to think wee, wee, wee. 
Listen, this is what I'm going to do, okay? Stand to your feet. This is what I'm going to do. This is my benediction, okay? <laughs> Will you remember that? You can help people with what you got tonight, can't you? This is, this is my benediction. Um, if you guys, anybody hungry out there? Anybody hungry? All right, so pizza's on me at Nick's Pizza. So if you go to Nick's, all the young people take me up on this. You want to get something to eat, it's on the house. So go in there and you can get all the pizza you want. It's on me, okay? So I want, we can just hang out. Some of you guys are hungry. Maybe you're tired, whatever, but this is the weirdest benediction ever. Sometimes it's ice cream at the door, but I think with all the people in here, I can afford this. So um, just go. If you don't, if you got to go home, don't feel like you have to go, but just, you know, if you want some free food, everybody go and get some pizza at Nick's and I'll try to call them and tell them that's a herd of cattle coming their way. Herd of water buffaloes coming their way. Amen. Why don't you join hands with your church family. Okay, can you do that? Maybe cross the aisles just a little bit. <laughs> you know, I just felt like, you know, this is spiritual just to just to hang out and just, just be together and not necessarily try to force something, make something to happen. Amen. Isn't that, don't you think that sometimes as spiritual as anything else we can do? Sometimes spiritual to take a nap. Sometimes spiritual just to eat together. Sometimes spiritual to pray, you know, the paint off the walls. And sometimes, you know, there's just, there's a different flow and different feel sometimes. So I just want you to see this is beneficial to do that. Why don't you just close your eyes in Jesus' name. I just ask Jesus that we, we represent you. We, we model your character. We manifest your countenance. We carry your current, your spirit, God, wherever we go. That this, what's happening in this room, Lord Jesus, would be translated and transferred into the communities that we go. That people will know that we're Christians by our love. That they'll see, Lord, how passionate we are about the things of God. That we practice what we preach. That we walk the talk. That we live what we've learned. That we're different because we've been with you, God. We're not the same because we've been and encountered the word of God, the presence of God, the people of God. Lord, you're changing us from the inside. Out. I pray, Lord, that we have a wonderful, wonderful night tonight, Lord. Pray, I pray everybody's safety and protection upon everybody, Lord. They're better because they came to church today. They're stronger because they came to church today. They're refreshed emotionally and, and spiritually. And Lord, I pray for us just a special blessing on all those that kind of go overtime on the physical side. I pray that you help them have sweet sleep and sweet rest tonight and that you wake them up restored and they go into their Monday and they're charged because of what happened on their Sunday, Lord, and they're better for in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. You guys are welcome to hang out, but if not, get out of here. Go get some pizza, and uh, I'm going to call them right now.